Today's sponsor is Audible with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash decode. Today's show is also brought to you by FreshBooks, which makes cloud accounting software that is ridiculously easy to use. FreshBooks has completely transformed how 5 million small businesses deal with their day-to-day paperwork. They do everything from invoices to expenses to time tracking. Get a free 30-day trial and start saving time and money at freshbooks.com slash ask. And finally, we'd like to thank Qualcomm for making today's show possible. First, they connected the phone to the internet. Now they're connecting the internet to everything else. Qualcomm, they're the restless inventors bringing the future forward faster. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, senior technology editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, our podcast about consumer tech. Basically, we're all about making technology easier to understand and use. Even when, frankly, we don't understand it all ourselves. So if you have questions about technology that you've been too embarrassed to ask, please send them in. There are a couple ways to submit your questions. First, you can tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. That's two R's and two S's in embarrassed in case you cannot spell. Kara also really likes iMessage. Uh, she likes when you <laughs> iMessage her <laughs> approximately two o'clock in the morning. So her number is 415. Uh, no, but we also have an email address too embarrassed at recode.net again two r's and two s's yes and and lauren likes a carrier pigeon every now and again you can find all of our past episodes at itunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask and while you're there leave us a review Kara, welcome back from Germany. Thank you. Danke. I didn't think you were going to make it. I know. I took a plane so I could get here so quickly, right across <laughs> the globe. I left actually Oktoberfest and went right to the airport. Did you really? For me? Yeah, they were drinking at nine in the morning, so I had a good buzz on by <laughs> ten thirty when I had to catch. So, what did you do? Did you take a Concord here to get here? In no, time? I took a regular, took regular, a regular plane. plane. It was nice though. I was in the first class, which was lovely. I, I, I watched movies. Wow, Vox splurging for no, first class. No, it was Vox. It was the lovely people who had me over there, bits and pretzels. Bits and pretzels. Is that a tech conference? No, yeah, it's a tech conference. That's quite. We're a- big in Germany. Recode <laughs> is big in Germany. It was a room full. It was really interesting. It was a room full of geeks, not geeks, startup founders. Like an enormous beer hall at Oktoberfest. Everybody has these halls, and you go to a hall and you reserve tables and stuff. But this was five thousand startup people, all dressed in lederhosen, but me or Durandal outfits, um, including I ran into one of the founders of Airbnb there. Really, in a later, and, and I interviewed Richard Branson on stage at this event the day before in lederhosen. He, not me, him. They they wanted to get me in a Durandal or lederhosen, but I declined. Well, I, that sounds like everybody looks smart. good in lederhosen. I hate to say it, I yeah. really was like <laughs> thought it wouldn't be, but everyone's wearing it they're in Munich like you walk around and every single person's in lederhosen and like late at night everyone's eating like versts at the train station before they go home <laughs> after they're drunk as hell and everyone's in lederhosen and, and I gotta say they look good really they look good I went to an Oktoberfest in Oakland recently and no, it was not, not like this. it was this not is, like that it was, it was very hip, really was lovely they have all these weird like heart-shaped cakes kuchen and then they were have, there smart boots like no. it's a tech conference. I would imagine yes, that they would have these like smart steins. No, they had nine, like nine, nine. They had giant steins <laughs> of beer. They had, you know, your typical stuff. And then I literally I was eating, drinking beer and eating a giant piece of chicken, which was delicious because the Germans can really know how to cook a chicken at like 930 in the morning. That's when it started. That so, sounds amazing. Yeah. I, I'm time. really grateful that you left all of that. Yeah, you know. And like, do the podcast. You know, 
after a while, giant steins of beer. After a while, <laughs> so many life calls you back. Yeah. So here I am. Well, these past few weeks on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we've yeah. talked about sex, yep. drugs, yep. and Apple products. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, a reminder that if you missed last week's episode about sexting with Caitlin Dewey from the Washington Post, you can find that at iTunes, Google Play, or Recode.net. Yeah, we we taped that in D.C. We taped I was that in DC. I was on away. Tuesday of last week. And then another Anthony Weiner scandal broke. Really? Oh, did he do so? Uh, after honestly. that. Let's not even get into Whatever. it. Anyway. But this week, we're taking a break from vices, and we're talking about something that might not make you think tech necessarily, but it's something that a lot of people have been asking us about. And yes, there is a tech angle or at least an e-commerce angle. Yes, we're going to be talking about mattresses, specifically online mattress companies. And there are a lot of them. If you live in New York or San Francisco, you've seen ads for them all over subways and around the city. And there's all kinds of uh, changing ways we buy our mattresses. And I'm pretty sure I read advertisements for some of them on this podcast and also on Recode Decode. In the interest of full disclosure, we have run ads for the online mattress company Casper on the show, Recode Decode and Recode Replay, and for different company called Helix Sleep on Recode Media with Peter Kafka. However, those companies are not sponsoring this podcast, and like all our advertisers, they have no say over the editorial content of this or any other episode. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, the lawyer, the uh, lawyer standing over your shoulder seems to have relaxed <laughs> yeah, a little Fisher. bit just now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we are bringing in an outside guest who is an expert on this topic. Mattress expert. Um, Kevin Purdy is a writer based in Buffalo, New York, who has researched the online mattress industry extensively, and he has written about it for the Wirecutter. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Well, thank you for having me. So we're going to get to some questions from our readers about the actual products because we got a lot of questions about these mattress companies. Yeah. And we're also going to tell you what the Wirecutter's top pick was. But first, let's talk about the business of these online mattress companies. Why are so many of them <clears throat> springing up? Oh, my God. There's no <laughs> springs in them anymore. <laughs> Oof. Oof. There's no springs. That was the worst dad joke ever, and I had to get it in there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Eric is clapping. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Kevin. Let's let's hear about the business. Why are they spinning up? They've suddenly sort of appeared out of nowhere. Sure. Um, the main reason is that buying a mattress is a terrible experience that we all had to live with because there was nothing, there was no other way to do it. Like so many, you know, internet startups, uh, that's kind of where they come in. Uh, they have taken the experience with a combination of other factors too, including the kind of the, the progress of uh, drop shipping and logistics that a lot of companies are taking advantage of, online marketing, people's just general familiarity and comfort with buying something online sight unseen, which you know Amazon and other companies have kind of helped propel forward. And, and now we arrive at this point where the experience of buying a mattress through the traditional store method, which is if you've ever done it before, you know, going to a store, super aggressive salespeople, confusing names and brands that you can't price match or even comparison between stores, sitting on something for four minutes and saying, yeah, this is good for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that experience uh, now, if, if compared to buying something that you don't even really want to think about all that much anyways, and you have no expertise in, uh, here come these companies that say like, hey, you know, we've done all this research. We've done, you know, we got this product that is the the best for most people or, you know, the, the universal comfort mattress, asterisk, footnote, get to that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that here they come and, and for anywhere between 500 to $1,000, they ship it to your house. And, you know, most of us are now pretty familiar with our UPS person by yeah. now. Uh, they show up. It's in a box. It You unwrap it. It's this really cool thing. Uh, it it kind of gathers up the air again and expands. And it's, it's you're done. You're done buying a mattress. You didn't have to 
blow an entire Saturday or two of them to do it. Um, so yeah, the I think the industry kind of springs from a lot of movements inside the industry, but also a lot of external factors that have made buying a mattress online uh, feasible and, and desirable. So you mentioned ease of ease of use, right, and the ease of process, which we're going to get to. But you also mentioned this industry that existed um, or has existed for a long time. I mean, who dominates the mattress industry right now? Not of the online companies, but of sort of the the legacy mattress companies. Sure, uh, the big four, uh, which are actually really the big two: Simmons and Serta. Uh, well, it's the three S's and the T, actually, is the oh. industry term for it. Simmons and Serta, they theoretically competitive brands, but they're actually both owned by a private equity firm that purchased them in 2012. And then Tempur-Pedic and Sealy. Uh, Tempur-Pedic actually bought Sealy in 2012 as well. So it's four brands that live under two ownership stakes. And uh, to get all put together, they control about 77% of the traditional mattress market. By comparison, you know, I think some of the Newer upstarts have started bragging about hitting their million mattress mark or, you know, 200 to 400,000 in a quarter. I'd have to double check my math on that. But, you know, mm-hmm. the the big mattress firms are are just shipping millions of them every year. Right. So it's a very slow process, but I, the, they are start, you know, the, the upstarts are starting to cut in a little bit. But the big firms run the whole market pretty much. Uh, they cut themselves up into various sub brands and they have a gazillion <laughs> lines and models that may or may not be different from each other. They usually have exclusives with retailers uh, and department stores, mm-hmm. uh, thereby creating even more brands and confusion. It's and confusing then confusing for the yeah. consumers. So, so how did these other ones yeah. wade in here? Because that's not something I'd think mattresses. You know, obviously Amazon has changed the industry with people allowing things to be delivered to their home or wanting them regularly to be delivered to their home. Um, mm-hmm. But this is not a product that you would say, ah, oh, yes, a mattress. It's enormous, first of all. And obviously, they've done some cool things about getting the air out of them and, and putting them in these boxes. I've unboxed one, and it is pretty cool. Um, but wh- wh- where do they come from, who and who are they? Uh, the mattresses or mm-hmm. the companies? The companies and the mattresses. The, not them, the, com- oh. the companies who make the mattresses. Sure. Well, it, it's funny because they are the, the companies themselves are a collection of CEOs, venture backers, people who are really good at making sleek-looking websites, and, you know, uh, usually some person inside who's either a foreign mattress person or some kind of designer, they, they always like to tout like they're MIT engineers and stuff, mm-hmm. like many companies mm-hmm. do these yeah. days. Made by um, NASA. But they, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. NASA everywhere. Um, but they are generally contracting with an established American, you know, regional mattress maker. Not any different than actually any Temper, Sealy, Pedic, <laughs> Simmons are doing. Uh, they just find a maker of mattresses contract with them to make their one mattress that they've one or two or three mattresses they, they've created. And then they sell them, you know, directly to consumers, which allows them to cut out all that uh, markup in the middle. But um, as for where they actually come from, where from Wednesday spring, I guess, you know, the same place that a lot of uh, startups come from these days, you know, um, incubators, uh, meetings of people at other companies, things like that. Mm hmm. And which of the online mattress companies that we're hearing so much about, which was the first one to really stand out? You know, who was the disruptor that led the pack? Oh, my. Well, they all seem to appear at once. It seems if you look. Yeah, there are some I I guess you could say that there are some that it depends on when you uh, how you describe dinosaurs, like (laughs) when they turned into birds. Um, There were companies like Bed in a Box and Amerisleep, which were doing I guess you would say like we're into it before it was popular, way before 2010. Um, but starting in 2010, 2000, 
twelve ish, you start seeing companies like um, Tuft and Needle, Casper, Lisa, um, things like that. Uh, the the companies that have uh, gained so much uh, presence and and name recognition through things like advertising on podcasts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not just that they're in there. I've seen them everywhere. They're all over San Francisco and all over certain cities. You sure. see their ads everywhere. And what are they, how are they different? The prices are lower. It's just easier, I guess. But let's talk about is the quality any different? Uh, there's a difference between polyfoam and memory foam in terms of the cost or is just the mattress business really just been a brand game. And now these guys are just taking the brand out of it, essentially. Sure. Good question. Um, well, if you ask the companies, of course, you know, Every one of them is different and better, and the, the only one that anyone needs. Uh, but the foam and the the making of foam mattresses is something that has been around for a very long time. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's how Tempur-Pedic got into the market and suddenly became a huge thing. They were offering foam mattresses, at, you know, when and kind of caught the other companies, you know, asleep at the wheel. As for these newer companies that are direct to consumer, online focused, they're making a product that is aimed at the most people. And so to do that, they're kind of creating what I, they are usually aiming at what they call a medium firm mattress, which mm-hmm. is like the medium rare steak of the world, of the <laughs> mattress world. Like, you know, it's like just the everyone. Everyone's comfy with. But yeah, everyone's dial pretty it, comfy whatever. with it. Those dialing Yeah, on a bell curve, understand. it would hit the most people because, yeah. you know, something like, uh, let's see, 60 to 70% of people sleep on their side, 15 to 18% of people sleep on their stomach, and 12 to 15% of people sleep on their back. So you pick out a mattress that's going to be like, well, it's soft enough for most side sleepers, you know, but still a little bit, there's a, there's a layer in the middle to give the back sleepers the support they want. And, you know, then you just, you market it and you say like, hey, would you rather just buy this one mattress that our engineers say is great for most people. So Kevin, you say in an article on Wirecutter that these online mattress companies do a fair bit of exaggerating themselves. What do you mean by that? The exaggeration comes from the the, the terms that they use to describe how their mattress is going to work for everybody, capital E, everybody. Uh, Casper has used the term perfect mattress. Uh, Tuft & Needle has said that it adapts to every individual's body. And uh, Lisa, the one I recommend actually in the article in, in our guide that is, has a universal feel, quote unquote. So anyone who has worked in the mattress industry, designed a mattress, uh, just, you know, tested them like uh, Nick Robinson at um, Sleep Like the Dead, which is just an amazing <laughs> nerdy mattress website, will tell you that like there is no such thing as a mattress that works for everybody because if there was, there would only be one mattress in the industry. Right. You know? right. It would be Seal, the platonic form of mattress. <laughs> yeah. Sealy would just have this thing locked up and they'd be walking away with like their Kleenex mattress. But <laughs> yeah, so there's the best that any company can do is just hope to kind of make something like 85% of people happy, you know, and, and there you really should shop for the mattress that you think is going to best adapt to your sleeping style. When I, when we did our surveys to, to write our guide and when I talked to people, I learned a lot about the breadth of, of American sleep habits. I mean, some people, I'd ask them like, hey, do you sleep on your side, your back, your stomach? How, how do you do? And they would tell me about like, oh, well, I'm a cigar roller. And I'd say, I'm sorry? <laughs> what and does that mean? Say, yeah, like they literally would find themselves waking up every point in the night on a different side, you know, just like spinning and spinning. And they say, yeah, I wake up with the sheets completely wrapped <laughs> ah, around me. <laughs> You know, so like if that's you, I don't know that the universal fit mattresses are going right. to work for you. But right. that that's really what it is, is just the idea that a lot of startups to undercut and disrupt the industry they're in will just describe the the industry that they exist in as full of fat cats just making money off of people who don't know any better. And, you know, I, I 
it, it's, it's hard good, because it's I a do good marketing see some of that. thing. It's a good marketing idea to do that, though, because everyone does certainly. feel bad about buying mattresses. I think, or they oh, feel certainly. Confused. It's kind of similar to the Warby Parker model in some yeah, ways. Yeah, the glasses. This duopoly. They come in. They say we're going to disrupt this industry, and but that's also part of their storytelling behind yeah, it's it. Yes, part right? of their. You know, their glasses aren't as nice as others. You know, they break a little more, but they're not that bad. Like you know what I mean? That's so, the thing. And so they there's kind of, always some. Yeah, sorry. there's always something, but they're pretty good, and especially the price. Like mm-hmm. ninety bucks is really, really good. Yeah. Um, so how much money do they lose on returns? Because do people actually, when they say you can return it for free, when I read it, I'm like, <laughs> imagine packing it, packing up a mattress. Box. What do you I do? You, you like, put it outside sure. and put a sticker on it. Like what the hell? I wouldn't even know. Well, no the, one returns them. Uh, the, the shorthand is, you know, most of the time there's a hundred night sleep trial. Right. And if you don't like it, they make you sleep on it for 30 days, by the way, because they want to make sure that like you've adjusted to it and you really give it a shot. But then somewhere in the hundred days, you can return it. And they use the word return just to assure you and get you through the what do they call it the funnel <laughs> to get right. you through the right. buying process and then returning is actually contacting the company telling them exactly why you don't like it and then they usually either have it recycled or donated to a local company near you and if you live in one of the major cities this is real easy for them they have just like lists of companies that can do this or you know nonprofits or uh, churches that will take mattresses and so usually they just send someone to your house to pick it up and get it recycled or donated to charity. Or if they can't do that, then they usually contract with a mattress disposal firm. So you're not actually shipping it back to the company directly. And that's probably just too much of a hassle for them. No, I, they explicitly yeah. <laughs> explicitly demand that you do not send them back. Right. One of the companies actually in, in some article I read said that like one guy actually did it and then, you know, asked them to reimburse him. Like, hey, I sent this back to you by UPS. You know, please give me my two hundred and forty three dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, or whatever it was. How important is the upsell for some of these online mattress companies? Because some of them now also sell pillows and sheets and other things having to do with bedding. How big of a, I guess, a business is that for them? I'm not certain because uh, they, it, it's such a newer category for them to have these things. Uh, I know that they make margin on their mattresses, even though they are touting how they're not like the mattress industry and they make no margin. Uh, they do. The origin story of Tuft & Needle is supposedly that they uh, found a $3,200 mattress and they found out it only cost $300 to make. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even at $300, they're still making money off of these mattresses. And even with the return uh, process, they still do. So I don't know how much it's important for them to upsell, but I imagine that mo- like most companies, they want to just kind of hedge their bets, diversify their revenue base and kind of get you into the brand, you know, start trusting them for more things. Right. Yeah, I've seen people, you know, when we put out a tweet online soliciting questions from our readers and listeners about this topic, some people wrote back and we're talking about things like pillows and dog beds and other stuff that they sell. Um, so it does seem oh, like it's kind bed. of smart from a do- uh, <laughs> brand recognition perspective. Yeah, someone said, why did they make a dog bed? And I wrote back, and not a cat bed. Am I right? I mean, come on, it should be a cat bed if they're making a dog bed. But, you know, you hear about stuff like that and you realize that the brand recognition is kind of working because people are associating the mattress companies with things other than just mattresses too cats don't need a bed no they don't no no nor do dogs they just want to sleep in your bed yeah exactly i woke up this morning with two cats on my head my head is an excellent cat bed (laughs) anyway in a minute we're going to hear some questions about mattresses from our readers and listeners but first today's show is brought to you by freshbooks a super simple cloud accounting software that's helping over five million small businesses conquer their administrative and paperwork in less time with way less stress. 
It only takes 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice, and customers who accept online payments with FreshBooks get paid three days faster on average. FreshBooks can show you whether or not a client has looked at an invoice you've emailed. It's kind of like having superpowers, but but not the same at all. They also track expenses, cash flow, and the time you spent on each project. For your unrestricted 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com slash ask and enter too embarrassed to ask in the how you've heard about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash ask to start your 30-day free trial. We'd also like to thank Qualcomm for sponsoring this episode. If you're listening to this podcast, you love innovation. You're also going to love the Why Wait Invent-Off by Qualcomm. It's an online documentary series in which two teams are challenged to invent something that uses the Internet of Things to save a life. These teams are given a Qualcomm Snapdragon-powered device and a Dragonboard 410C loaded with advanced processing power, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS. And the Dragonboard is the size of a credit card. Carol loves her Dragonboard. I love my Dragonboard. I take it everywhere. Check out qualcomm.com slash inventoff to see what they've invented. Thanks, Qualcomm. Thanks, Qualcomm. Thanks, Qualcomm. All right, now uh, we've got some questions and answers from readers. We've got quite a few. Yes, um, we have so many. People, have people mattress are really questions. excited about mattresses. mattresses. So Lauren, why don't you take over? Well, I'm, I'm going to throw in my question first. Oh, all right. That's okay. Not really, but Just right. very quick. <laughs> okay. Just quickly. So Kevin, the wire cutter picked Lisa, that's L-E-E-S-A, as their topic. Yes. After hours of literally sleeping on the job. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> mm. Kara is getting so mad at my dad jokes. You love them. I do okay. not. Before we get into right. the reader Sleeping questions, the job. why right. did you guys pick Lisa? We recommended the Lisa because we thought it was the best for side sleepers, pretty good or even really good for stomach sleepers, and okay to decent enough for back sleepers. So if you're a couple and you're split between all those kinds of sleeping, we thought it did pretty well. We liked the hug and the feel of the mattress. Uh, What's we a hug of a mattress? I'm sorry. The hug is how... When you lay on it, how it comes up around you. Ah, the hug. Um, I mean, you could say sink. Kara it's, doesn't it's get hugged close. enough at home. <laughs> I get way too much hugging. I'd like to have a little less if hugging. I, you have to choose how wine sommelier you get about this, but it's how it comes up around you, how it feels on your skin the on the side. The mattress. Oh. <laughs> the hug. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. And we also like the company's uh, return policy, their the, the look of the mattress, the the shipping experience, and and other things that if you if you weren't certain about it, we thought you know we we tested it all out and thought it was pretty good. All right, Lisa is the topic. Kara, would you like to read one of the yes, next questions? I shall. Thank you. How similar are the mattresses? This is from George Jones at Villa George. They seem to be comparable, i.e., Casper, Lisa, Simba, and I guess they didn't mention the other one. The I never heard needle. of Simba. Oh sure, and He's there's a lion there's, in the. Mi- in a very good movie. Oh, Dahanya. Oh, my God. Sorry. Straight anyway, to Broadway, you. I know, exactly. So wh- how similar are they, really? The way that they are made, there's, you know, six inches of support foam, a certain amount of foam over that. They come out about 10 inches. Uh, there's a machine that folds them up and sucks all the air out of them, wraps them in plastic, puts them in a box. So mm-hmm. in that regard, they are very similar. Um, it's a industry practice that has just been adapted and adopted by numerous makers in terms of how they feel like what the end yeah. product is like i found that they were notably different i'm um, hmm. just picking five or six of them to test out uh i thought the tufted needle was much more firm uh than the casper or the lisa uh, a lot of reviews online will point that out too i thought that ikea's mattresses and you, you know we one can <laughs> tend to think of ikea as just you know pretty good at making average things for most people uh mm-hmm. their foam mattress that we tried we for about you know a little bit lower price point but we thought hey what the heck just 
man, just a slab of rocks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's how Foamy they like rocks, it in but... Scandinavian countries. I guess. <laughs> they, they might. I have. They're also supposed to be really I... happy people. So they are happy. Else? They don't sleep yeah, a lot. They live, live, live. <laughs> for all the detail in the girl with the dragon tattoo, he Herring. does have Herring um, for all. So, so it, it, I find that they are different, and I, I think that it depends on what, what you like, which two brands you compare. But no IKEA. There are expensive IKEAs we didn't get to try, but oh. at the price points that we looked at, we didn't really like the IKEA mattresses much. No. Okay. The next question is from Greg. He's at Superset Greg. He asks a very emphatic question. Why in the hell are they always on sale? I don't think that's a good thing. Why in the hell you know, it, most people would say, why in the hell are they so damn expensive? And he's like, oh, sales. How dare they? Hate sales. But, the, but, yeah. uh, pres- presumably the traditional mattresses, not these. Although they're no, both a little these on sale. Too. They're always having a break in the, on those sites. It's if you can get it, it was 900 oh. Now it's, I read that stuff. I know. They're sure. relatively well, inexpensive. Yeah, they are. So why do they feel, why are they always on sale? Is it just a fake price, the first price? I'm not sure myself. I, someone who's smarter at marketing than I would, would be able to tell you why a company persistently says this mattress costs $850, but you get a $25 Target gift card with it and also 75 off. Like right. I assume that's a marketing psychology thing. They're not too often on sale. Um, we do, we watch prices very closely at the Sweet Home and the wire cutter. And so my Slack channel would be pinging all the time if I had to constantly adjust prices or, you know, update about sales. So they don't move around too much, but they do do a little bit of that kind of, you know, it costs this much, wink, wink, here's a gift card (laughs) thing sometimes. Inexplicable. Right. All right. Next one is at Hunter Molliver. That's an interesting name. What is the longevity of these new Casper-like mattresses compared to the traditional mattress, if there's any difference at all? Sure. They're about even now. I think old style spring mattresses that were two sided where you could flip them over used to come with sometimes like 20 year warranties. I guess the joke being like, feel free to drive your mattress back to the store and tell me you don't like it. Um, But these tend to come with somewhere between five to 10 year warranties. One thing I point out in that blog post you mentioned earlier is that a 10 year warranty from a brand new mattress startup company is kind of a gamble. Yeah. You know, you're 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 hoping that the company doesn't get bought up six different ways, or you know Closes. that yeah, among these fifty companies that are going to we start up. We wrote about and dot and dot and whatever dot and both furniture company. Yeah, they closed and yeah. Now we have yeah, all these sure. readers writing in about getting their money back. Although, if a company, if a mattress company closes, um, I'm going to make another really bad dad oh, joke. Oh my god. <laughs> What kind of support do you need going <laughs> forward? But in all reality, Eric is cringing right now. But what kind of like you, you get don't... no more of this? You understand? <laughs> okay, I used up all my dad joke cards. Okay, all right. But so you don't know. The longevity yeah. is you probably get these things quicker than you used to. Well, yeah, consumer reports, which we are, um, you know, we do read and we do check out their stuff and what they recommend. Um, they have done uh, tests with machines that supposedly simulate the sleeping of someone on a mattress for years and years and years. And they said that, you know, they barely detected any changes in the mattresses they tested after what they called seven years of simulated use. So, Hmm. but then, you know, my own inner dad will tell you it's going to vary based on your size, how you sleep, you know, the, the kind of foundation you have underneath it, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, it depends, but they, they seem about on par with traditional mattresses right now. That is excellent to know. Okay, the next question is from Geraldine Gray, at Geraldine Gray on Twitter. We are back to a business question. What's the profit margin on mattresses in stores, and are they worth the price tag? Too embarrassed. And then she uh, also notes, we have tuft and needle. 
Sure. Um, I looked into, I, I read as many quarterly reports and, you know, year end financials from the mattress companies as I could stand to. It's hard to break it up, but, and, you know, it's hard to just cite a profit number or whatnot, but basically, um, some folks, a lot of folks cite it at about 30 to 40% for wholesalers of traditional mattresses and another 30 to 40% margin for the retailers. Um, the companies themselves, like Temper Sealy, uh, their gross profit margin goes between 37 and 53% uh, in the last decade or two. And, you know, sometimes 50% or above for other for the other big companies. So healthy is the mm-hmm. best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously have a lot of retail, but, you know, their gross profit is uh, very high. So minusing anything that we're not seeing, all that smoke and mirrors and, and you know, the temper cool breeze flex supreme branding does seem to work for them. All right. Almost spooky Evan. I mean, almost. It can't be almost. Oh, it's almost Halloween. And Evcon. Which one is easier to move? Meaning, are they heavy? The heaviness. Oh, them? thank you. Yeah. Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really disappointed that almost none of the mattresses I tried out from new companies had handles on them. I have no idea why, other than guessing that it's just a manufacturing thing, harder to put handles on or a little bit more expensive. But I, I miss handles and I miss those... Even those awkward like rope things that used to come out of the side of mattresses. Yeah, yeah. Those are like those are like thick plasticky ropes that would just cut between two grommets yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because even though you don't turn these mattresses over anymore, you still should rotate them every three to six months. And so, I don't know. It's it, it's not a bonding experience to to wrestle a big foam monster with your partner. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, kind it's, of a, it's kind of frustrating. And none of them had handles of the ones you tested. Yeah, of the newer brand. I think I IKEA did, Casper actually. So. Oh, so IKEA, hard as a rock, yeah. comes with handles. <laughs> Real trade-off there. <laughs> All right, next question. Yeah. Uh, well, so this question you already answered, but um, sort of, thanks yeah. for sending it in, Jeff Kushmerik. He says, what do they do with returned ones? Hashtag shutter, hashtag Motel 6. We did already yeah. answer that earlier in the podcast, Jeff, so thanks for Although, sending me your question. And Yeah, real asterisk. No, it just depends on where you live and what facilities are near you. There are some towns and municipalities and areas where they absolutely refuse to accept foam mattresses. So sometimes they, your mattress does just end up going off to the great graveyard in the sky, but generally they get reused. Next question. Uh, Jared Kane, uh, Jared and Kane, I paid for a Tempur-Pedic and just want to feel justified in my purchase versus Casper, ghost bed, et cetera. Please help. So he wants to feel justified. Sure. Um, the easiest way to do that is to take the purchase price and divide it by the number of nights you're going to sleep on it and say to yourself, you know, if I really like this mattress, then it, you know, it was it crazy to pay this much per night as opposed to, you know, this much per night to sleep on it. And yeah. you might find out, no, it, it really wasn't. Totally got cheated, um, Jared. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Jared. <laughs> you sucker. <Yeah. laughs> Hope you sleep well tonight. It, it really depends. Don't lose sleep I, I over it, Jared. Oh, my God, you put another who- one in. She made another joke <laughs> when we weren't watching. Oh my God. Mm, sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. I'm going to give no, you a little that's shut it. eye Just- in a minute. <laughs> so that's, that's the best way to do it. Kara, when's, when did you last buy a mattress? Uh, recently, I bought a Tempur-Pedic. How much did you spend? Do you mind if I ask? It was, it was expensive. expensive. I got. It. I always get really, really good mattresses. Did you do the math in your head? No. For how many nights you're going to sleep on it? No, I don't care. I do not care about the price of a mattress. Kevin, what was the last one you bought? I bought a really expensive. I buy, I buy here in San Francisco, <clears throat> McCoskey. There's some others. I like them. Um, I bought a mattress <laughs> from a local mattress company like regional to buffalo uh when i was out of college and i just slept on it into my marriage and then 
we bought a tuft and needle right before I even got assigned this guide. So oh wow, um, so yeah, you started testing. Are you pleased? Jumped right into it. Are you happy with your tuft and needle? It turned out that we ended up buying a Lisa instead. Oh, interesting. There you go. Yeah. See, I met the people who made my mattress. Really? That's so artisanal of you. I know. I got an artisanal mattress is what I got. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We um, went to this place in Palo Alto. I am worth it. You are worth it. My butt is worth it. it. Yes. This old shop in Palo Alto that's been around for, I don't know, more than 25 years where the guy, uh, he sells, you know, traditional mattress brands, but... It's funny because he runs the shop, he owns the place, right. he does all the deals, and then he's the one that shows up at your house that day with like the mattress strapped to his back. Wow! And he just his name's Armando. From that man, he, he drops it off. The only and, thing about buying yeah, that's it, the last ex- one I bought expensive mattress is things pee on it. <laughs> um, my uh, kid, when when he's crawling to bed, has peed on the mattress several times, and then the same thing with pets. So that's the only issue with mattresses. Yeah, that's that's why you might want to place them. A whole other podcast. No, I think we this. won't. We won't. But anyway, if next only, question. If only there was a site that could recommend the best mattress cover. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter. Like the Sweet Home, uh, which is one of my favorite sites. Okay. The next question is from Anusha, similar to the last question. She says, yes, I need a new mattress. I don't want memory foam. I don't want to pay $3,000. And then she writes, help. This is so funny because we never get questions from people for this podcast that are like, help me, help me you know? Yeah. And, and people are really uh, passionate about their mattresses. Yeah. Oh my God, that was another joke shoved in No, there I wasn't even trying to yeah, be. Yeah, you did. And you're the one that thought about passion and okay, mattresses, well, not me. Okay, whatever. Anyway, go ahead. What are you going to do to help her, Kevin? We... Um, we tested for our, our guide. We specifically stuck to fold and ship uh, mattresses sub $1,000 because that's what we want to test. In looking around at the category and, and choosing what we were going to test, uh, we found that there are other, other brands that offer, um, I would say, like adjacent kind of business models where it's a, it is a spring mattress. They sometimes have like micro springs or, or actually full springs. But they have the same kind of, you know, try it out and send it back if you don't want it. Uh, models. Um, I, I haven't tested any of these, so I can't verify them. But like, I know that Satva, uh, S A A T V A, makes uh, coil mattress they'll ship to you actually, or deliver to you hmm. uh, with that same kind of model. Um, Brooklyn Bedding, I believe, makes some. Uh, there's uh, Brentwood Home, I think. So in, in a spreadsheet in my mind, somewhere there's a bunch of them. But Brooklyn um, Bedding, it's very yeah, hip. Brooklyn Bedding. They actually do make them in Brooklyn, Brooklyn there. Why would you buy a bed from Brooklyn? I wouldn't. Bedding. Because it's like artisanal chocolate from Brooklyn. I just, I'm kind of a ban <laughs> against it. You watch your mattress being made. Yeah, exactly. You watch it made and <laughs> exactly. then you discuss it. Oh, <laughs> you homemade kombucha <laughs> and artisanal chocolate. I Only literally was in Brooklyn and there was bed. a hot sauce place. Only bearded people. Yes, there was a hot sauce place that literally they were talking about hot sauce like it was like something, like it was fine wine. They went on and on, all these hipsters, and of course Nelly was participating in it, and I was sitting in the corner going, let me the hell out of here. <laughs> hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah. Whatever. Did you tell them you've got hot sauce in your bag? No. No. I do not. Like the queen. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last question was actually about the dog bed that we referenced earlier, Dylan Staley. Dylan, thanks so much for sending in your question. About the Casper dog bed. About the Casper dog, dog lack bed. Of cat bed. No, well, I said there should be a cat bed. Kara shakes Any more head. jokes? Any more jokes you need to make? I'm, I think you I'm got them out of your system. No, I got to sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. We got to stop her. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Okay. I'm laughing at my own joke. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, because I certainly had a great time. Oh, no. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. 
And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. I'm back. Okay. That's iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. You can also subscribe on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher. You can also just go to the website. Listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a bunch of podcasts for your listening pleasure. Walt Mossberg and Neilai Patel host Control, Walt, Delete. Neilai also usually hosts The Verge Cast, and Chris Plant has What's Tech. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening and thank you again to our sponsors, Audible, FreshBooks, and Qualcomm. Thanks also to Digital Media, uh, which is a company that distributes the show. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you guys have been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. <laughs>